on the Idiot School Rolling podcast, we have Joe, who does not say no when his friends book him into an event behind his back. And when bitten by a werewolf, Joe was only concerned about getting his time and chip back. Say hello, Joe. Uh, good morning, Carl. On our show, we've got a guest who likes to run. Do they really? Do they jog around the place just for fun? That's not fun. Are they a special, a professional athlete? Nope. Lining at the start with the with the elite. It don't matter. We've got a guest on our show. Because we asked and they didn't say no. It don't matter. Because our show has a guest. It does. Pretty much because we asked and they said yes. So, Joe. Thanks for coming on the podcast. How are you? Good, Colin. Thanks for having me. Starting out a new year, uh, ready to tackle some running and challenge goals. Tell us, tell us a wee bit about yourself. So I'm a men's health sort of professional. Uh, I mainly focus on men from about 25 to all the way to 60. Um, that's all about body transformations, not even body, but mentally as well, physical, and trying to get the best out of everybody. Because simply, I believe that in Northern Ireland, especially, there's loads of like female-only like gyms, you know, get-togethers, where there's no real only men only, uh, we can have that sort of freedom to have that banter, community, laugh, that that's what we're all about. And it's kind of like more like a brotherhood about community more than anything else. So, Is, your, is there any women that actually go to your gym? It's, it's, all, it's all male now. It's all male. We, we don't take any females at all. We used to. The problem was we, I find that you just didn't have the correct atmosphere for men, the right environment. Like, you know, when guys get together on a football pitch or a rugby pitch, you know, the crack's different. So I'm trying to create that sort of safe zone that they can come into, have that laugh. And especially because when they get to about 35, they kind of stop that. So they lose that. So we're trying to give them that as a replacement for that sort of team bond they had before. And that sort of, you know, like, that bit of a laugh. You can go out on Saturday, enjoy yourself for a bit, and then get away from real life. Yeah, well... I I 100% agree with you because me and Andrew have our men-only running club, which consists of me and Andrew. Joe, we, first time we seen you, this is a story of our life, actually, that me and Andrew have ran in one ultra event together. And our first guest on the show was Nick, who Andrew high-fived on the way back. He won won the event. And then we seen you, and I connected with you online. You were running the North Coast Ultra. How did you find it? It's the best run going. For me, the best run in Northern Ireland is a Causeway Coast Ultra run. It's scenery, crack, but mental grind as well. And you mentioned like Nick there. We got the halfway point and Nick was coming back. <laughs> and we were like, guys flying. Yeah. And it just shows you how mentally tough and fit people like him are to get that stage. Because already that's there. It's just when you start to start to feel like the aches and pains, you know, when you get that halfway stage. Oh. Oh, all day long. I, Andrea aches and pains from waking up in the caravan. I'll not lie to you, Joe. We were chatting beforehand and you said you've really been in the running game for two years and your first run, well, I'll let you tell the story. What was your first run? Yeah, it was the ultra marathon. It was an ultra marathon. Nick has been running for 22 years. And you know what? In relation, that's not that's not bad being half halfway behind him. That's that's pretty solid. I'm uh, determined to catch him. Yeah, you got, me, me, me and Andrew, me and Andrew said the same same thing. But although if I was on myself, I think I could have caught him. Andrew, uh, I don't, I don't know. No, I'm only joking. Nick was flying, absolutely flying. I definitely think that within a short period of time, you can do it. I get anyone can do it. I think people just get scared of what they think they can do and the thought because they usually drive yeah. 20 mile 
So how are they going to run that possibly? But if once you change your thinking, you can actually go way further than what you think. And as I spoke to you before, even we got on this, it's like, I used to hate running. I used to look at people and be like, like if you were out running and I seen you out running, it was raining slightly. I'd be like, what is that idiot at? Why is he out running? You know, why does he look so miserable? And now, if I see you out running, I'm like, oh, I wish that was me. Yeah. Do you know what? I do. I do the exact same thing. And thanks. Thanks for calling me an idiot. It is. I, I have changed it to a term of endearment. So when you call someone an idiot, it's it's kind of a badge of honor in my book. Do you ever get the feeling where when you're driving somewhere and you're maybe driving, let's say, from Belfast to the North Coast, you're thinking, I, I could run this. This is a good distance to run. And normal people doesn't even cross their mind. I know. So we've had this already. We've even considered it. We're like, how do we make our challenges more challenging and more difficult now? So now we're thinking, do we run to the start line? Yeah. So do we run, you know, a half marathon or whatever it is to the start line and then do the potential marathon and then potentially run home? <laughs> you know? Why not? Why not? Because I always feel like you have to make it harder. I know it doesn't have to be that way, but I believe, like, cause I raise money for charity every year doing these events and I believe people like to see me suffering yep. so I have to do something that they can see me suffering in so that they always get their value for what they're giving me their money yeah. <laughs> uh, I love getting value for money through pure suffering because I was watching one of your videos and it was the Tullymore Marathon wasn't it? Yes it was a Tullymore Ultra Marathon Tullymore Ultra Marathon and you were running and you got to the point where I think I think everything you were saying was just about pain, how crap you were feeling, how you, how you didn't know how you were going to push through, and then pushing through, and the feeling afterwards was incredible. Yeah, it was one of the worst experiences ever. One of the hardest runs going. Um, I that big hill in the middle. Doing that three times is really challenging. But I usually find that I get about a, I get a hamstring issue every time I run about mile twenty. And tell me more. I got that mile eight. <laughs> okay. So I was like panicking. And then I reached for my uh, painkillers, just a briefing, and uh, dropped them. So I didn't have them. No way. So I started panicking. I was like, I have no painkillers. I have nothing. And the drop bag, which I had more painkillers in, thankfully, was still so far away. And I was like, how am I going to get through this? And the second lap was hell on earth. Um, third, not so bad. You've dropped your painkillers. You're in pain. What would Goggins say? Oh, 100%. I've... We, we're all about Goggins too and we love all his stuff uh, and his content. Uh, we use it a lot too, carry the logs and all, and carry the boats. We do the same thing and we slag each other about it. But that was the one time where I was thinking I could just call this a day at two laps. Yeah. I could just call it a day. And it, in my head, it was like, I just don't have it in me to quit. It's like, even if I have to just walk the extra lap. I think what really helped was... Obviously, we have a wee group and community I mentioned before. Seeing some of them guys, like we crossed over each other when they were on their second lap and I was approaching my third and I was like, oh, it's so good to see people that you know. Yeah. Like I know the running community is massive and you, you meet people like yourself. Like we've all met each other through running. But to see people that you see all the time gives you just that wee bit of a boost of energy. And even people at the finish line, like, you know, you somehow speed up. I, I think it's a finish line thing. I was listening to something and they said, that your body has an extra reserve. If you're running and a bear jumps out at you, you've got that energy to get away from it. So when you see the finish line, your body goes, I still got extra energy here. And then it just lets loose and the people cheering you on. Like, I think me and Andrew just love the finish line. Barely walking 
dragging ourselves along and you hit the finish line and you're sprinting and you're racing or suppose inside us it looks like we're sprinting but any anyone looking at us probably looking at us going they're just dragging themselves over the line <laughs> you feel like you're sprinting until you see the video afterwards you're like is that how i run i've had videos where it's been raining i rang my wife i was like i was buzzing Joe, I was buzzing. I came back and I spoke to Rachel about it and I was like, the sun was shining, everything was amazing and it was just, the, I was just in euphoria. And Rachel said to me, Colin, it was raining, you were soaking and you look wrecked. It's not what I seen. It's not what you feel. It's not what you feel. You feel inside, like you mentioned it before, like there, but suffered and then when you get through the end, the immense pride you have of it, you're like, can you believe that I done that, especially with all the challenges you face, you know yourself, like no one goes through a run anywhere over a half marathon without feeling some sort of pain or niggle. And to be able to mentally get above that, your body just pushes on as long as your, your head tells you to quit, but your body can push. So as long as you can get that head of yours going, then you're laughing. How long is it before you cross the finish line till you start planning your next run? Oh, we have ours way ahead. Like we're all in advance. Like we have the majority of this year all planned. And then it might, we might see something stupid and be like, it might be two weeks away and be like, oh, sure, we'll do that. So there's a, there's a special request marathon on the 23rd of December. And some of the guys, two of the guys I run with, David and Alan, they were like, oh, we're going to do it. And I was like, lads, I've had enough of running this year. It's like, my body's in agony. Yeah. So what they did was they booked me on the sale. So I got a receipt through the email that came through going, thank you for your purchase. And I was like, I hate you both. Because they know I'll have to do it. They know if I've got the thing, I'm going to show up. So we showed up and we done that. Um, four hours, four hours, 10. Well done. With with friends like that, who who needs enemies, eh? I know, but that's what it's like. And it's, it's guys like yourself. It's, it's yeah. meeting them sort of people. It's meeting the guys like us that push you further to make you do more. Yeah. And speaking about doing more, we'll jump onto that. So myself and Andrew has decided to try and run this 106, 108 mile um, ultramarathon. And you spoke to me and you said, you know, we're thinking about it. Are you actually thinking about it? There's one guy, the guy I've talked to before is David. He's, I'm pretty sure he's convinced he's going to do it. I want to go for a 24 hour one. Okay. So I want to do a 24 hour. How quick can I go in that? period of time you know and that kind of gives you a deadline or cut off of like this is the time you need to be finished by yeah whereas in i think that might as crazy as it sounds it might be more of a challenge than the 108 don't get me wrong you'll probably do more miles because for me to get a 100 mile out in 24 hour would be really challenging yeah but then i i would probably run faster to try and make it happen but then you're running in a loop as well the i know you are running would the kill me um because there's one at victoria Park and that's only a one mile loop, oh. one point one point two or something. Is it? I think I think I love rolling. I think you'd have to drag me kicking and screaming to roll and ride in circles for all the time. <laughs> true. When you put it like that, it's so true. Because uh, say all the other routes that we do, you kind of know where you're going. So when you see them, you're like, oh, this garage. We know we're at mile whatever, and you know you're getting closer to the end. Whereas you say if you're just going round a mind boggling, you know what you're convincing me now so so you're saying you're signing up it's david isn't it so david he's signing up for this uh 100 mile. oh come on be good crack me and andrew's gonna be there and i'm sure you'll be well ahead of us but it's, go- it's gonna be great crack and speaking about andrew this actually allows me to throw in andrew's question i've heard this question joe this is a question that i can't answer 
<laughs> I don't know, Andrew. I haven't even heard this question yet. Here we go. So I'm going to throw you under the bus. All right, you ready for this? It's horrendous, like. Andrew asks a question. What will it be? Andrew asks a question. Just wait and see. Andrew asks a question. A mystery key. Unlocking the answers with some curiosity. Joe, sorry I can't be in the studio with you guys today. But I do have a question for you, and the question's this. As you know, myself and Colin is running 108 miles. We're going to attempt to run 108 miles, and of course that's going to mean running through the night. I've, I've never run through the night before. I'm trying to cover every scenario. A scenario that keeps popping in my head that I can't get out, that I need answered. I need answered. I've got a question I need answered. Is what happens if me and Colin, in the middle of the night, are running, and then suddenly we hear footsteps coming behind us? And who pulls up beside us or runs up beside us but a werewolf, an actual real-life werewolf. And he just turns to us and he goes, Hope you don't mind me running the next two miles with you to the next village. And obviously the werewolf's not from around these parts. I'm, I'm not quite sure where he's from, but that accent, he could, it could be anywhere. And me and Colin look at each other and we think to ourselves, what's what's going on? Now Colin's too scared to speak to the werewolf, but I'm not because I'm, I'm brave. And I say to the werewolf, what do you want to go to the village for? And the werewolf answers, oh, I'm very hungry so I just want to go to the village and I just want to I want to eat people I want to eat people in the village and uh, that'll satisfy my hunger appetite again accent who knows where he's from what do we do Joe what do we do with two choices with maybe three but there's two things that come to mind we could say no we don't want to run with you and just leg it just run away from the werewolf chances are and the werewolf's going to chase after us and eat us and that, that's that's not that's not a good outcome the second option, or the way I see it, is we'll say yes, you can you can run with us and then you can go to the village. But what what happens the next day on the news? We see this village and, and there's people have been ate and uh, there's been a werewolf outbreak and you know it's been oh it's been it's been awful. It's been awful. But then you see there's there's footage of people recording us running we're, we're with the werewolf. So does that make us kind of accomplices? You know, are we should we do something about this? You know, what should we do? Should we just run away, say no, run away? and maybe be eaten by the werewolf or say, yes, we're going to run with you and then we're going to maybe get jail time because we're, in a way, we're, we're an accomplice to what's going to go down in the village. Is there a third option? Joe, let us know. Wow. Wow. Out of all the questions I thought you were going to give me, I was like, I would never have thought of this one. So, Joe, as you've realised, I've opened the can of worms and said to Andrew, you're allowed to ask one question on our show and... I believe this isn't going to be the stupidest question. You might be getting off easy, although I'm, I'm, I listened to that and thought, he's Welsh, the, the, the werewolf's clearly Welsh. I had loads of things going through my head. I was like, why wouldn't he just eat you? Like, why wouldn't the werewolf just come behind you and just eat you? Or do you not turn into a werewolf then if you get hit by one or something like that? Isn't that right? Yeah, if you get bitten by a werewolf, I believe you turn into a werewolf. So technically all three of you become werewolves and then you just all go to the village, just all eat, and then you complete the race. That is the third option, and probably past the race leader because a werewolf has um, extra speed, I believe. Oh, bind to have extra legs, extra speed. Yeah, <laughs> you're bound to have more. So, Joe, Andrew, Joe brings up a really valid point. The werewolf bites us, correct? Correct. We turn into werewolves. We know where the village is. You all go together, and we all go and ransack the village. Nobody gets jail. No, well, we don't get killed. And we finish the race. We finish in good time. And everyone's a winner. Yeah. And then how you get your time and all and their time and chips and stuff and things like that. Yeah. But that's not 
irrelevant at this point. That relevancy has gone out the window a long time ago. <laughs> now it's about murder. From a running from a from a running podcast to murder. This is where we're at. This podcast take, takes weird, weird turns and Andrew getting involved in these questions. Do you know what? We actually, Andrew was here, wasn't he, Joe? He, he phoned, he, we were about to start and I got a phone call and Andrew's on the phone call and I was like, Andrew, we're about to start as professional as ever. Andrew turns up late. He watches football matches on podcasts and now he rings me during guest interviews. But you got to, you got to actually physically speak to Andrew. So he's doing, he's watched the football match now. Um, I don't think there's games on at the minute, but there's one podcast, Man United at Liverpool. Turned it on and then I turned it off because I'm professional. I wanted to listen to the podcast and Andrew still had it rolling in the background. What's your view on Andrew after chatting to him briefly? Funny thing is, I've never met Andrew. And I only met you today. Well, properly for the first time. Well, lucky you, you've met the better half of the idiots. <laughs> um, he's just a unique character. But... That's the best thing about running. The best thing about running is you meet people that are just as nuts as you, or you, you believe is nuts. But once you all start to get there, you believe the rest of the world are nuts for not doing it. Do you know what? That is so true. I look at people and I'm like, they're going, oh, I couldn't do that. And I'm like going, yeah, you haven't tried. They don't pity it. It's not like they don't pity effort. I think it's just, the, it's more of a belief. Yeah. It's like, because I think just the how you're brought up, like it was a working class and stuff, you don't really have as many opportunities, you don't have that much. And you're kind of stuck with that limited belief, especially like through my parents and stuff, they would have come up with all that sort of like, money doesn't grow on trees, you know, this is kind of where we should be. When actually you can be much more than that. Yeah. Like, and it's not about money. It's not about anything like that. It's about living that sort of best life that you can and like, doing these events to make yourself feel proud, challenge yourself, raise money for charity that I mentioned yeah. before. All them things give you a purpose. I think that's what ideally we all want. You don't need the best shoes. Running is probably the cheapest sport you could have. You know, you go outside and you run. That's it. We said beforehand, um, I like to keep things as basic as possible when it comes to running. Like all you literally need is, you don't even need shorts. You, know, you can get away with running trousers these days and all sorts like you know I wondered where that was going to <laughs> <laughs> whatever stays inside our group you know something doesn't leave our group um, you know what I mean you just need your basics and you just need to focus on going out and enjoying runs as mad as that might sound anybody who's listened to this podcast or listening out there running does become enjoyable yeah. at some point because um, as I said two years ago I used to dread it I used to look at it going like why would anyone do it and it's because I didn't know how to run like only recently, over these last two years, I've only learned how to, the running, it's not about how fast you go, it's just about building up your own thing and your own speed. Yeah, and like, Joe, me and Andrew, we are not about running fast, we're not about being on a podium, we are not about that, we are about getting in McDonald's delivered midway through a long run, you know, doing 100 miles and finishing the run with, well, hopefully under the time, with happy, happy Meal Toy, that's a level me and Andrew are at. We just do it for the for the sheer fun. It's there's no other reason. And do you know what? The the byproduct is you get you get healthy and you feel good. You, sometimes you accidentally inspire people. You do you accidentally inspire people. The best thing about all this that you mentioned there is like is the healthy, is the fit. I love that someone turns around to me and be like, Here Joe, you wouldn't run over there to Belfast and get something. I'm like, Yeah. Not that everyone ever, ever has asked me to do that, but I can do it. And I remember the first time I ran from, I live in Carrick, and I ran from Carrick to the Big Fish in Belfast. I was like, I cannot believe 
I've ran in here. Yeah. And I was actually driving to Belfast later that day. And I was like, speaking to my wife, I was like, could you believe I've ran here already? Yeah. Like, but it seems, as I say, it sounds small now. But back then, it's a big thing. And people will build up themselves. They just got to slowly yeah. make move towards that and make running fun, enjoyable, sustainable. I used to be the guy that would, so I would go out for a 5K, right? And the, when I first went for my first 5K run, I ran a mile and I had to walk back because I was that chinned. I was that out of breath. Totally. That's because I used to always think I had to go faster. And that's what made me hate it, where it's not such a bit going slower. My first run, Joe, I was diagnosed with MS and I started walking and that was all good. And I, th- I built up in a wee bit of a run and I ran, I think it was under two miles. I ran under two miles up, up the heavy traffic road up the Sainfield road basically it's a lot of traffic running past that it isn't the nicest run ran up and ran back two miles I walked in the door going I just ran two miles that was so, like in my head two miles was so far yeah like and but looking back I'm kind of going flap how, how naive was I but do you know what for me that was massive two miles Two miles, Joe. I ran two miles up the road, <laughs> two miles back down, and I was buzzing. I was buzzing. And that is the moment that I fell in love with Ron. But then even now, you look back now, I'm sure, and you're like, the pride you feel now of how far you've come yeah. in that relatively short space of time to what you can do. That's what it's all about. It's all about how much you can make yourself proud of the person you're becoming, fitter, healthier. Like, I love being fit. I don't want to lose it. My fear now is not doing enough running and losing it uh, and losing it all because I was getting up to quite a good standard of fitness there but obviously um, I do have a bit of an adductor sort of issue at the minute so I'm trying to take it a bit easier Yeah, and I'm worried now because I was running quite fast um, like I managed to get myself a sub three Amsterdam marathon wow I know so I managed to get that that was my big goal for last year and I remember like being at the peak then and now I feel like sometimes I go for a run so I went for a run the other day um, I think it was yesterday I'd done seven miles and I was running at seven 20 minute miles. And I was like, I was running six forties in Amsterdam. And I was like, how could I? That seems like a world away again. Here, I don't know how you do seven twenty. Never mind <laughs> six forty. Um, I'm lucky enough that I've always played football. I'm lucky enough that I've always had fitness. Yeah. And so it's not that I've ever been unfit. Looking back to what I was, I believed I was unfit, but compared to the majority, I wasn't. So I always, I had a really good starting point. So running is, that's why I think, like you mentioned about podiums and all, I was like, ideally I would love to be on podiums, but the people out there are so fast. Yeah. Like ridiculously so. I think I'm fast, but they're literally sprinting past me. And I think, I think the problem I'm finding now is that, Joe, I'm turning 40 this year, flipping turning 40. I know people who are in their early 20s, and they are fit, they're healthy, they've got loads of energy, they've got access to great podcasts, running podcasts, like 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 this, this one here. I'm just well behind these guys. But it was Nick who was on my last show, said to me, there's a guy and he started running at 40, he's now 50 and he's hitting podiums. Right. Wow. Now our whole conversation, he said that at the end and that then gave me a bit of a boost thinking, hold on. I'm not too far past it. I've still got another good 10 years in me, you know. Aye, you've loads of time left. That's mad. That's incredible. But then, as you now you mentioned it, like there's one time I was running Belfast half marathon. And I remember I was running and I was starting to struggle. And just alongside me, this wee cruise, old man like here, he was 65. And he's just the way he went. 
past me. And I was like, if you put me and him side by side at the start and go, who's going to finish this race first? Yeah. Like, without, I'm just younger. I look fitter and stronger. But here he yep. cruised past me, away he went. And like, they're not even wearing the best gear, Joe. They're just, out. they could be wearing jeans. They could be wearing anything. They are. They were, like, I remember your mom as well, ran past me. It was just like, to get rolling, rolling, standard pair of hotness trainers. But I was like, they're the ones that I wore as a casual. You know, like walking about day to day and he's just flying past me. And I'll forget it. I don't know why, but I'll not forget. I was like, I cannot believe how I fit. Yeah. Some people are. You looked apart, Joe. You looked apart. You're probably in the best gear. Oh, you yeah. looked like a runner. Oh, you, you wore clothes like a runner. You were matching. Nice tight vest and all. Oh, all day long. You had your gels in, in your side. And meanwhile, he, he has a bottle of Coke in his hand, a drink of Coke, doesn't even care. And uh, yeah, he's just cruising oh, past Embarrassing you. point. Actually, you're making an embarrassing point here. During the same race, right, what he started doing, right, <laughs> was walking, mm-hmm. right? So when he went so far ahead of me, he would stop and then start walking. So I would catch up to him, right? Go past him. I thought, ah, big man's running out, you know. Uh, he's gone too fast. He's blown out. And they just go off again, away past me. And then that happened about four times. He just stopped, walked. I went past him. And then he just went, Woof. they end up beating me. End up beating me in the night. You never see him again. Uh, well, the last time not. he passed you, he... Hopefully not. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, in the run, the last time he probably passed you, it was just like, I've had people pass me in the run going, I'll catch up with them later and, and I never see them again and they're gone and they're in the distance you obviously have your own business which you've had for about four years you were telling me yes how do people reach out and contact you or get access to you do you have an Instagram page or email yeah so Instagram page a Facebook page uh, obviously Facebook page is true Kennedy I run it off my main profile I don't have like proper page running for it uh, my Instagram is true Kennedy coaching and if you want to, you can search up Modern Day Warrior um, on Google and it will bring you through to all our details about what we do. And I say, it's nothing amazing. It's nothing that's completely out there and different. It's just doing the hard work over and over again, feeling proud about yourself, giving yourself a bit of purpose, having a bit of a laugh and enjoying it. Before we go, Joe, I've got a question for you. Can you give me three tips? Now, these could be three tips of ru- for running. Or these could be three tips for maybe strength training because I am horrendous at strength training. Andrew's probably worse than me though. So um, I love how you always throw Andrew under the bus. Oh, if anything makes you feel better. You know, I'm pretty bad at stuff, right? But see you, Andrew. <laughs> Do you know what? Do you know what? That's why he goes and runs with me. That's why he's not here. No, that's why he's not here. I think sometimes oh, Andrew slows me down. I could go faster because he's here. The truth is, it's great crack run with Andrew. It's all good fun. He's your human shield. He is my, he's my backup Because you can just yeah. be like, I, I didn't do very well, but that's because I was running with Andrew, you know, so. I got Andrew through it, you know, that's my goal in life. He'll be carrying you <laughs> with a line on his, his shoulder. So, yeah, <laughs> you need to get yourself an Andrew in life. Um, it always makes you feel better. It always makes you feel better. But give us three tips for strength training or running. You, I'll let you choose whatever's handiest for you, probably because you have your own gym. You maybe could veer towards strength training. Yeah, I think I will. I think like Because strength training for a lot of runners, they just don't do. And one thing I do notice that even my guys that do train the gym, because they train their legs quite well with squats, etc. And for me, if you are going to the gym, strength number one is stay away from machines more than what you would go to like, but I would always use a barbell. Yeah. You know, you can get the most load on it. It's the safest. If you have someone with you, you can do something well and just focus on your body mechanics. Like we all squat differently. We all do things differently, which is fine. 
but don't worry about being judged by people. Just go in and try and build up your mobility, build up your strength. And for me, once you build up your quads, your hammies, you'll you'll fly up those hills. And if you're unsure about when it comes to sets, what you should do, reps and stuff like that. For runners, I th- think you should just be focusing on things like low reps and as heavy as you can lift with good form and safely, obviously. Um, but for me, if you think nice low reps, plenty of like barbell exercises and explosive work. So if you are in a gym, they happen to have like a box that you can jump on, you know, squatting down to potentially use explosive power to jump on top of that box and land in like a squatter position or, you know, single leg stuff, everything like that is going to be, it's going to boost your running. Yeah. Right about it. And yep. I even find like if I stop, so I would, one time I tried taking a week off before a run from the gym and my legs felt weaker than what they usually would. And I put that down because I hadn't done any resistance training that week. Where usually now my cutoff day would say my runs on a Saturday or Sunday. My cutoff day in the gym would be a Wednesday then. You know, so I can do my legs on a Wednesday. Not to a massive degree, but just to give them something to keep them going. And I find even some good runners now that I know they say the big game changer with that is it gives you more power on hills, which means when everybody else starts slowing down, you can start gaining. Yeah. You start gaining on them. Um, and then hopefully you get a downhill and you can recover. <laughs> Is that three tips all in one, by the way? I kind of kind of split down to that. So it's just all about, say, focus on your barbell stuff. It should be uh, try and stay away from machines because they just put you into one certain position. So number one would be go to barbells and free weights. Um, two would be focus on strength. So don't worry about hitting out 20 reps or 30 reps. You know, just focus on getting in there, doing between five and... 10 you know as an outline number and then obviously finish with your explosive work near the end your box jumps your single leg rdls your anything like that if you want to try pull-ups and push-ups go for it well worth it as well well worth it happy days joe thank you so much for coming on the show today have you enjoyed it yes it's been brilliant uh been nothing like what i expected yeah which was going through all my head but i loved it so yeah thanks for having me happy days no problem thank you joe